Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. We're here to talk about Night of the Ghoul number four. This is the book from Scott Snyder's Best Jacket Press, where he collaborates with Francesco Francavilla. It's the horror book, uh, but it's not. It's uh, what's so? It's not horror in in terms of like slasher film, gory, a lot of blood, and you know body horror or anything like that. This is you know a much more classic feeling horror story where the tension and the drama build up slowly. But the concept itself is pretty terrifying. And if you think about it too much, you will freak out, freak out. You know, one of those stories like gives you that tingling feeling down the back of your spine when you're walking down the hallway at night and all the lights are off and you're like, is there somebody behind me? You know, that feeling, that's the feeling you get from reading Night of the Ghoul. And fantastic cover there um, from Frank Avia. If you're checking us out on YouTube, you can see it. This ghoul about to climb out of the mouth of a uh, of a corpse so uh i really enjoyed this fourth issue we get a lot of the film because uh, it is a dual narrative telling us what's happening in real time also telling us what happened in the, in the classic night of the ghoul uh, horror film which because of the order of the fly that worshiped the ghoul they were able to sabotage it and prevent that movie from being released and and widespread knowledge of the ghoul kind of disseminating among the population. So uh, yeah, a lot to unpack in this issue. What did you think, Rocky? Yeah, I thought there was a, yeah, it was, I, I, there was a lot of setup here. The, there was a lot of setup, uh, but it was, uh, it continues the story. The And uh, what Scott Snyder does very well here, uh, which, and of which uh, artist Francisco Francavilla does an amazing job with is we get that juxtaposition of going from the, the, the past of showing us bits and pieces of the film, but also bits and pieces of, of what happened with the, uh, with the director of night of the ghoul. When he was a young boy, his father was, uh, sort of possessed by the ghoul and the efforts made with his, uh, the, the, the old army, uh, buddies of his father, helping him to try to sort of exercise him, uh, to, <laughs> to basically get the ghoul out of him and their efforts to do that with the help of a, of a woman from a museum who tells them the mythology and the history of the ghoul going back centuries. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's very well done in terms of setting up exactly, exactly why it is so, so terrifying. And in the present, uh, Sorry, I'm having some uh, difficulties accessing it on Comixology here, but in the uh, the the frustrating aspect of of the, the present storyline is is we have the this father and son who've gone to visit this director in in this in this I guess this institution or this hospital, and he knows they want to the father here he just wants to be able to get the 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 remaining film. Uh, and to release it to the world. And he's not, he still hasn't fully understood just how serious it is, of how horrifying it is of what's going on. But at the end of the last issue, he saw the staff basically beat the hell out of the director. And he realizes that the director was right. Everything that the director has been telling him is essentially correct that this, he's been abused. I mean, you know, the, the, one of the doctors actually pukes maggots all over him. 
Uh, this is, uh, you know, again, just hammered home. I mean, this this director now, I mean, he's, he, he's old, he's dilapidated, he's dying in this hospital. He's got this burnt face that Frank Villa just nails. It's always a horror element. We got subdued colors of, of sort of like an off blue, black and, and red and the burnt face of the of the director. And and meanwhile, the son is waiting in the car for the father to, 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 to you know, to come back out. But but the son doesn't want to wait. And, and so the son goes looking for his, uh, goes looking for his dad and he ends up, he ends up in, in, in a cave, in a, in a hole. He falls down a, he falls down a well and clearly the ghoul has already in, in, infected them in some way. And it's, it's not even clear how the ghoul infects you. I mean, you, cause they, it's not, you know, they've presumably they, they've maybe watched bits and pieces of parts of the film that they have gotten, but it's all, it's. The son has done research on the ghoul, and uh, the father's done research on the ghoul, and of course the director made the movie Night of the Ghoul, and so you understand why maybe how the ghoul infected him. But how exactly does the ghoul get around? How does the how does the story of the ghoul? It seems like the the more you spread the story, the more powerful the ghoul becomes. So there's almost like a magical supernatural uh, element about it, where it's powered by belief that you know. If you spread the rumor, whether it's through a movie or through word of mouth or through story, the ghoul becomes more powerful. And you really see that sort of playing out here as as both the father and the son, they, they don't really believe it that, that, you know, they don't really believe in the boogeyman, so to speak. But boy, oh boy, what they're experiencing, the, the, the ghoul is everywhere. And it, it really builds up the tension. And again, that that going back and forth between the past and the present, showing bits and pieces of the film along with the experiences of this, uh, of, of the director when he was a young boy <laughs> dealing with his father who's possessed by the, the, the school and their efforts to try to, you know, try to get this ghoul out of their father. Again, this is all set up and there's, again, it's, it's a huge cliffhanger here in terms of, you know, what, what is going to happen with, with the boy that with, with with the son that falls down the well, what's gonna happen? What happened to the director's father? Uh, what, what ultimately? What's gonna be the fate of this of this of this fa- of this uh, of this would be director who wants to get who wants to release this film and and retrieve this Night of the Ghoul film, the original cut from uh, the director who's in this in this hospital under a pseudonym under a different name. Uh, I mean it it again it really works. It pulls you in. This is. Uh, it's been a long time since I read a comic book, a horror comic that pulls me into the extent that this does in such a powerful way. And this really cries out in my mind that I know that it's cliche that we, we always get different different types of horror movies, but this I think would be a great horror movie. I mean, I just, you know, give this give this to a director like Quentin Tarantino and let him go to town. I think this would be a fantastic horror movie. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this and I, it ends, again, this ends, ends on a cliffhanger. You know, I, I keep thinking that there's no way that they're going to defeat the ghoul. He's too powerful. But, um, you know, you never know. S- Snyder might surprise us. But Snyder also has a has an affinity for embracing darkness most of the time. Uh, although he did he did surprise us a little bit with the his ending for uh, uh, We Are Demons, which ended on a high note. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good point. Um, there's a couple of things. I, I mean, let me nitpick first. Um so yeah, we we do see. So the son had had seen some things in inside the hospital that that made him think that there was something horrific going on, right? And 
last issue when he mentioned it to his father, then the director of the facility took away, hey, you know, we have a morgue here. Unfortunately, children die. That's all he saw, you know, trying to pull the wool over his eyes. With this particular issue, it's all out in the open. Like Rocky said, it ended on a cliffhanger last time of the father seeing these maggots being vomited onto the director. So it's all out in the open. He calls his son. He tells him to call the police. That's the one thing that gets me. Like, I don't understand. Like, he, the son is is somewhat safe inside the the Bronco that they drove there, and he, you know, he's taught his mother gets a hold of him. She's worried. Then his father calls and says, "Hey, call the police. Terrible things are happening inside." And then the next panel we see, the son has left the car, and there's some kind of creatures with red eyes chasing him. Like, did you actually? Number one, did you actually call the police? And why did you get out of the car? Like. I get that you're worried about your dad, but I sure to heck hope you called the police first. Not that I think the police are going to really be able to help that much if they show up and the ghoul has, you know, been unleashed or what have you. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm just not wasn't sure about that. Maybe chalk it up to the folly of, uh, of youth. Just yes. not sure. The other thing that I liked about it, um, <clears throat> another little moment, and this kind of goes the other way. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the story, as much as it's a horror story, there has been um, the, the, this idea of the, the father not being a good father, not being there for the son. And we know the mother uh, has some health issues that, that may shorten her life. And so there's that sort of dynamic going on as well. When the father gets what he's been searching for, what he has in a lot of ways dedicated the last part of his life to, what he feels will finally make his success, you know, his success. This is the brass ring, quote unquote, that he's been searching for. Uh, you know, he's a he's a film res, uh, restorationist, and he's been looking for the uh, the you know the full film of the Night of the Ghoul so he can restore it and release it, and and in his mind that will make him successful, right? That will make him not only successful professionally, but in the eyes of his son, in the eyes of his uh, estranged wife. He actually finds that. He finds it in the office of the director in the safe, the director uh, or the office of the director of the um, of the facility is what I mean, not the, the film director. Um, so when he finds it in that safe, that's it. That's the brass ring. That's the thing he's been looking for all this time. And even though he gets his hands on that, he's reached his final goal. When he hears his son in trouble, his son who's snuck back into the facility and uh, it appears to be underneath uh, in, in kind of these catacombs, when he hears his son calling for him, he, he drops everything. He, he, you know, even though that's the goal, that's the thing that's been in front of him, the thing he's been striving for for years, when he hears his son is in trouble, that becomes his priority. And I really like that emotional beat from Snyder and Frank Avia because it shows that even though this guy thought or we thought as readers that this guy's priorities were kind of skewed, when push comes to shove, his son is what matters most. So uh, I really enjoyed that. And then the last couple of pages, um, like Rocky was saying, how it goes back and forth between what's happening in present day and the film. Uh, that the, I just want to point out the last page uh, as the director of the film is you know, recounting, trying to uh, exercise the ghoul from his father, we see uh, a really horrific image, which sort of mirrors the image we see on the, the front cover. Um, and yeah, we get the, to be continued. So that that is a, a fantastic and terrifying image. Uh, but again, it, this never gets gory or 
bloody or um, it, it builds tension and, and drama in different ways. And, and Rocky made a really good point about the fact that they keep giving us these cliffhangers and that's what the best horror stories do, right? They, they'll give you a cliffhanger. They'll give you a question in the next issue. You'll get the answer, but then they, then they give you another one that where the tensions ratcheted up even higher. I mean, we're based on this last image here. It looks like in the next issue, we may get a good look at the ghoul for the first time. And in a way that, that's scary to, you know, this, this horrific legendary monster whose existence at different times in its life cycle has given rise to other myths like vampires and werewolves and all that. Uh, that, that's just, yeah, that's, that's scary. It's scary to think we're going to see the ghoul for the first time. So yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest horror guy. Anybody listens to the, the podcast will know that, but I'm hooked on this one for sure. One one of the things that really stands out for me, and just as a commentary on Snyder in general, you look at uh, one thing that Night of the Ghoul focuses on is a father son relationship. We see the relationship between the director when he was young and his father, where the young director tries to save his father from the ghoul. We see the we see the older uh, would be uh, you know filmographer wanting to. Uh, you know, he searches half his life for this night of the ghoul and he's got a dysfunctional relationship with his wife and his son. The father-son dynamic is very powerful here. We also saw that in in Clear, uh, Clear deals with the relationship of losing a child in, in that in that comic book. And then in We Are Demons, we have the relationship of uh, Lamb and Cash in, uh, you know, uh, in, in the context of the heart, the horn and the halo fighting, you know, uh, fighting demons themselves. And so that the parent child dynamic and that parent child relationship, it, it underscores a lot of Scott Snyder's uh, comicsology stories that, that, that parent child dynamic and the relationship between the two. And I know Scott is a, is a, is a, is a father himself and his, he's, a, he's often posting on Instagram pictures. He clearly loves his son and his family. He's a family man. And, and, and it's, this is really a great example of, of a writer. I love, I love seeing that because it's, it's clearly, it, it's obvious what he's passionate about in his private life private life and that's obviously his family and you you can really see that he's bringing some of those elements here in the story and it makes for better stories because it really really works here because what underscores the power of night of the ghoul is the father-son dynamic those those relationships uh, just as it did for clear and we are demons and it works really well and hey man when something isn't broke don't fix it and he's on a roll here and i'm just really enjoying this yeah, and, and you know we talked about the artwork, you know, several times. I'll, I'll I'll point it out one more time here as we're closing up. No, nobody else should draw this comic, right? I mean, this is the perfect artist to uh, to have drawn this. Um, Frank Avila, you know, he's doing his own color work, he's doing the line work, you know, the sense of storytelling. He he knows when to go big, so to speak. He knows when to be a little more subdued, and the color work. You know, the film tends to be more in black and white or, or sort of these brown sepia tones when we see the, the film in the pages of the comic as opposed to present day where uh, I won't go so far as to say things are colorized, but it's a different aesthetic, uh, you know, more varied colors. Um, but you really get a sense of Frank Avila's uh, ability to convey horror in, in, in the faces of the characters, you know, when they're shocked and they're scared and they're, you know, terrified he does a fantastic job. So uh, yeah, this is very nearly the perfect horror comic in, in my mind and tension keeps building. 
uh, and it's definitely not a fast paced story. It's a slow burn, but that's what allows them to go, you know, story beat cliffhanger, story beat cliffhanger. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Can't wait for the next, uh, next part. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, he's, I gotta say, Snyder here is he's nailing the cliffhangers on this stuff. So I mean, he's as long as he keeps doing this. I mean, I've never considered myself much of a digital person per se, uh, but you know, I definitely I got more into comicsology because of uh, because of Snyder and because of re- reviewing these issues with you. And boy, does it it really does matter when you have a great writer? <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, because I don't, you know a different writer, I might I might have been less inclined to make that take that subscription of comicsology. But no, this is the, this is absolutely if you're even if you're not into horror, if you, but if but you're just curious or you're, you're thinking that ah, a horror comic can't be as good as a horror movie. Don't kid yourself. Check this out. Check this out. This is very well done. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're just inclined. If, if you're one of those people that can get scared watching Nightmare on Elm Street or uh, Scream or, you know, uh, I, I'm convinced that if you can get scared from a movie, you can get you can you can create fear within yourself by reading Night of the Ghoul. You really can. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm scared, but I'm just saying that I, I did go to the I you know, I did. I did leave the light on last night uh, when I was, you know, after my wife went to bed and I watched movies. So every now and then, you know, every now and then you need a good scare, you know. I mean, it, keep, it keeps us human, reminds us that, uh, you know, it reminds us uh, that uh, we're not, uh, it's not all roses and rainbows. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that uh, for the majority of people, you're probably reading this with the light on. I would agree. I would agree with that. <laughs> you want to be even more scared so uh anyway be sure you're subscribing to the comic boom channel that's rocky's place on youtube comic space boom exclamation point where you can check out all these uh, collaborations uh be sure you ring the notification bell so you know when new content comes out and like this video uh, conversely if you usually check us out on the comic boom website and you want to be sure you don't miss out on any of the audio only content from the comic source just go to your favorite podcasting platform or podcasting app on your smart device do a search for the comic source and subscribe so you don't miss out uh, we have some some more fantastic interviews coming for you uh, really, really soon. So uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.